0: Hey, Bears fans, Will DeWitt here. Looks like I goofed and provided you with the wrong audio for this week's five matchups to watch. I do apologize, but it's now fixed and updated. So without any further ado, let's just get to Will Ingalls and his five matchups to watch for on Sunday against the Denver Broncos. Welcome back, Bears fans, to another episode of the Chicago Audible. I'm your host today, William Ingalls. You're hearing my voice. You know what? That's time for some more matchups Normally, you hear me talk a little bit about uh, the prior week, but uh, I'm going to pull a little bit of a Mitch Trubisky here. We're not talking about week one. We're going into week two. The only thing we can focus on is going 1-0 this week at Mile High, so without further ado, let's focus on going 1-0 this week and breaking down the five key matchups against the Denver Broncos. We're going to go with matchup number one. A little bit of old school action here. We're going to go Roquan Smith versus Phillip Lindsey. Classic ground and pound. This is exactly the game that Vic Fangio wants to play. I think of the 2017 game when he was still in Chicago. Bears defense scores two touchdowns against the Carolina Panthers. Trubisky throws a total of seven passes completing four of them for just about 100 yards maybe just a little bit over. I feel like that's almost the game that he wants to play. I don't think that'll really ever realistically happen again for for obvious reasons. Obviously, it's a passing league nowadays. But if possible, Vic Fangio's going to want to turn around and hand this ball off as much as possible. And Phillip is going to be that guy who he relies on to do this the most. I know they have Royce Freeman, but Philip Lindsay's the guy I think that Vic Fangio trusts the most. So last season in Denver, obviously a breakout rookie year for him. In 2018, he has 5.4 yards per carry. And if you watch the Monday night game against the Oakland Raiders, uh, you're seeing uh, 3.9 yards per carry. His longest carry is 11 yards. So it's not he's not getting those explosive chunks that you're really hoping to get by running the ball a lot in a single game. So it's really big here that Roquan Smith is able to shut down that run, be that primary run defender and run stopper. We've seen him be a really good guy at eating up space, uh, closing down distance side to side. But in between the tackles, sometimes he's struggled with completing the tackle. He had a couple missed tackles against Green Bay specifically, but he really needs to control in between the tackles because I don't think Phillip Lindsay's going to exactly beat the Bears a whole lot on the outside. I think the overall speed of this defense is great, but... In between the tackles, Rocco Smith is going to have to step up and make sure that that uh, Denver run offense is shut down so they have to look to other means of offense, which is Joe Flacco. And if Joe Flacco has to win the game, I think the Bears will already be in great shape to win in Week 2. Moving on to matchup number 2, we are going uh, a duo on duo here, 2-on-2. Charles Leno Jr. and Bobby Massey versus the pass-rushing duo for Denver, Bradley Chubb and Von Miller. And normally I give you guys some fancy stats here. Um, Not this week. This one's pretty self-explanatory. Mitchell Trubisky was under duress pretty much that whole Packers game. That doesn't absolve the performance that Mitchell Trubisky gave. But uh, it's important that he is going to be held upright. I think a big part of this game is not going to be making big mistakes. So one of those big mistakes would be obviously a big sack that takes the Bears out of field goal range because points are going to be paramount in this game. Obviously, you can't win a lot of games by scoring just three points, and I... I think all of us kind of think that this will be more of a defensive struggle as far as any games concerned. So making sure we're not giving up sacks to compromise field position and down a distance. And also the big thing that Von Miller's made a career out of is the strip sack. We need to avoid those turnovers, especially in Chicago territory. Kind of that quick turnaround and allowing an easy three points, if not a touchdown for the Denver Broncos. So it's going to be up to... Charles Leno Jr. and Bobby Massey to really step up their game. They had pretty much the entire Chicago offensive line had a pretty rough performance against Green Bay. They're going to have to step up against one of the best pass-rushing duos in the NFL and Bradley Chubb and Von Miller. Moving on to matchup number three, we're going to have Kyle Fuller versus... Cortland Sutton, obviously this is a case of best-on-best Kyle Fuller, our best overall coverage corner. And then Cortland Sutton, who's kind of, especially after this past week, looking like the main bread and butter for this Denver Broncos passing attack. So Cortland Sutton's your classic big-guy wide receiver. Throw it up to him, and he's going to be someone who's going to basketball-style come down with that rebound, as the terminology goes. Uh, Against the the Oakland Raiders, Sutton had a very productive day, seven receptions for 120 yards, accounted for five of Denver's first downs. Uh, They only had 18, three of those by penalty. So when you think about it, he was a third of their first-down production as far as moving the chains. So we're talking about a game that field position is going to be paramount. Eking out any type of field goal situation is going to be big. Turning down those first down opportunities is going to be huge for Kyle Fuller. Making sure this game kind of stays at a standstill as far as the passing game for Denver is concerned. And this all goes back to our first matchup, Roquan Smith versus Philip Lindsay. you got to make sure that that running game is shut down. So that way, we are putting the game on Joe Flacco's shoulders. That way, guys like Kyle Fuller can start playing aggressive and maybe snaring an interception and really kind of turning the game on its head that we've talked about with those big plays already in this episode. Big for matchup number three, turning down that big primary option in the passing game. On to matchup number four. We're going to go a little bit different than we normally do here. We're going to have whoever on the Bears lines up against Isaac Yidem, Defensive back for the Denver Broncos. We It's not quite sure whether or not we're going to see Bryce Callahan in his first action for the Denver Broncos. Whether or not I do think Yadam ends up on the field a little bit. And we know that Vic Fangio throughout his years in Chicago really knows how to disguise his, uh, his lower defensive backs. Uh, we saw it for years with... Guys like Chris, Chris Pruszynski, Tracy Porter near the end of his career, and a hundred other guys that we trotted out there throughout the end of his time. Craven LeBlanc also comes to mind. But the best teams are able to isolate those guys. I always think of Green Bay the way that they isolated guys. Uh, I think of Jordy Nelson beating Craven LeBlanc to uh, end that one game, I believe in the winter of 2016. You always have these ways to isolate Uh, the worst defensive backs on the team. And it's going to be up here to Matt Nagy to really scheme his guys into a way that is putting Isaac Yadam on an island, making sure guys like Anthony Miller, Taylor Gabriel, even Cordero Patterson are getting lined up against this guy. Because I think that Yadam has the talent. I just don't think that he's able to guard guys one-on-one at this point in his NFL career, and the Bears need to hop on that opportunity. We're looking for big plays to kind of blow this game open in a game where points might be really scarce. We need to find ways to get those opportunities to score big-time points, make big-time plays. And I think that Isaac Yidem is the guy that is going to yield the most of those for the Bears in Week 2. And here comes matchup number 5. It's our Game Breaker of the Week. And this one is a good, old-fashioned coach-off. Matt Nagy versus Vic Fangio. Obviously, two guys who coached together in Chicago last year to great success. Now on opposing sidelines. And it's going to be a complete clash of styles, too. Obviously, Vic Fangio, a very old-fashioned coach. Defense wins games. Listening to his presser after the Oakland Raiders game, talking about how his uh, how his defense gave up a touchdown on the first drive instead of holding de- uh, sorry Oakland to a field goal. And that's where the game went awry. Obviously, his offense didn't do anything until the very late minutes of that game. So you obviously know where his uh, his focus lies. It's going to be a very defensive game for Vic Fangio. He's not someone who's very uh, at least focused on scoring points in the way that his offense is going to win the game. He's expecting his defense to hold the game within the offense's reach and then hoping for at least some plays of execution from his offense to go in and therefore take the win. Matt Nagy, on the other hand, as we know, he loves to score points. He loves to have his offense take the spotlight. And that's where these two styles are going to clash. And it's going to be a little bit of both of them going into their discomfort to win this game. Obviously, Matt Nagy, you aren't going to be able to throw 60 times in this game and beat Vic Fangio. He's going to be able to scheme around that. He's going to be able to come up with dynamic blitz packages, even though he's not someone who blitzes a lot. When he does blitz, he knows when, and he knows when it's going to hurt you the most, and he obviously knows how to get home. I mean, I think of those few blitzes with uh, Roquan Smith last year. Pretty much every time they sent Roquan, he got home. He knows how to create those blitz packages. He's just very selective of when he uses them. But it's going to be up to Matt Nagy not to show, obviously, to Vic Fangio, a lot of those passing opportunities because it's going to look a lot like Green Bay. They're going to be able to prep for that. There's not going to be a rhythm to the offense. And for Vic Fangio, it's going to be kind of the same way. It's going to be making sure that this game doesn't just stay for Matt Nagy to be able to score a lot of points. It's going to be this really interesting, two obviously very different coaching styles, two coaches who know each other going at it here. But I really think this coaching battle is going to be the biggest factor of this game, Who knows their team the best and who knows the situation best that's going to be able to get their team with their first win of the season out of Denver? And it's going to be a really pivotal game for both teams. Obviously, both of these teams lost big division games in their first week. They need a big win here to kind of get their season back on track. 0-2 isn't a death sentence, but it's a pretty big hole. And I think it's going to be up to the coaches to figure out exactly how they're going to go about this game and which game plan is going to set them up best for success. Now, as always, we're going to go back through our five key matchups and figure out uh, who we think is favored to win each of these matchups as the game goes on. So back up to matchup number one, Roquan Smith versus Philip Lindsay. I'm a big believer in Roquan Smith. I think pretty much every Chicago fan at this point is a big believer in Roquan Smith. I think he had one of his rougher games as a pro against Green Bay, and it's pretty uh, fitting that that was still a pretty solid game by most measures. Obviously, the defense as a whole played pretty darn well, holding an Aaron Rodgers-led offense to just 10 points. That's a pretty darn big accomplishment, even with Roquan Smith having a few bad missed tackles in the game. But overall, I think he's going to be up to the challenge to really be spearheading that rush defense and making Denver into more or less a one-sided offense with a passing attack led by Joe Flacco, which we've already mentioned should lead to very good results for the Bears' defense. On to the second matchup. Leno Jr, Bobby Massey versus Bradley Chubb and Von Miller. This is a really hard one for me, but uh everyone who listened last year knows how many times I picked against Charles Leno Jr and it never went well for me. Uh he always seemed up to the task. So, I'm going to I'm going to side with their offensive line here. I'm going to side with the hogs here. I've got Leno Jr and Bobby Massey being able to hold their own against a very good pass rush duo in Chubb and Miller. I just really have belief in this line and I didn't have it last year, as a lot of you know, but man, Charles Leonard Jr. really kind of spearheaded that, and I think Massey is better than a lot of people give him credit for. I think this will be a big bounce back week for them. It's going to be whether or not number 10, Trubisky, and Nagy get their act together behind the offensive line. I don't think the trouble will be up front this week for the Chicago Bears. On to matchup number three Kyle Fuller versus. Cortland Sutton, this is one where I think gets away from the Bears a little bit. I think Cortland Sutton is a very underrated receiver, and part of that is because of who's been thrown to him over the past couple seasons. I mean, you had Case Keenum last year, and you're going to have Joe Flacco this year. I don't think a lot of great targets and a lot of great offense be held around Cortland Sutton. And despite that offensive crap show that uh, Denver had in week one, Cortland Sutton still walks away with a 100-yard game, seven receptions, kind of pulled an Allen Robinson act of his own, uh, to kind of put it in our terms. I think he's going to be able to execute still, despite the fact that I think uh, Joe Flacco will be under duress, and I don't think Joe Flacco will perform overly well in this game. I think Sutton's still going to be able to get his first downs. I still think Cortland Sutton's still going to be able to create those at least one or two big plays that, like we mentioned, could be a big difference in this game, could be the difference of getting three points, could be the difference of getting seven points in a drive, which, as we mentioned, points will be paramount in this game. I think Cortland Sutton does make enough plays to win this matchup against Kyle Fuller. Now moving over to whoever lines up against Isaac Yeadim. Uh This is one that I'm going to give to Chicago based on the fact that they have the talent to do this. I think last week we really got away from setting up those key matchups to beat some suspect uh, Green Bay Packers defensive backs. I mean, they're still trotting out Jermon Williams, who might be due for some Social Security checks in the near future. And we didn't really target him or isolate him much of the game. We definitely have the receivers to do that. We have Anthony Miller. If you guys read my Wednesday Wisdom column, talked about how Anthony Miller was only on the field for maybe a quarter of Chicago's plays. You got you got guys like uh, Cordero Patterson out there more than him. Got guys like Javon Wims out there more than him. Think Anthony Miller is really the guy that's going to be able to take Isaac Yadam behind the woodshed more or less as far as a matchup is concerned. Uh, I I believe the Bears have the talent to do this. Uh, It's just whether or not they can get through Vic Fangio's scheme, whether or not they can isolate him. I really think the Bears have the talent to do this, though, so I'm going to have to side with them on this, but I'm not sure I have the biggest faith that we're going to be able to isolate him in the way that I'm pointing out here. But overall, going to this game breaker, I'm going to side with Matt Nagy here uh, in his coaching battle against McFangio. I think his philosophies are in the right place. It's just whether or not his play calling goes alongside it. You know, a lot of us criticized that there weren't a lot of rush attempts in a 3-10 game. Obviously, the the run is still very much in play when you're only down one score. And you have a very dynamic player and David Montgomery back there. I mean, Mike Davis still has a lot of uh, tools to him. And obviously, Tariq Cohen, a very dynamic athlete, not getting the ball. So we mentioned earlier in this that it's going to be both of these coaches kind of going against their style. Obviously, Matt Nagy is someone who likes to score through the air. Vic Fangio is someone who likes to run the ball and play defense. I think both are going to have to dip into those uh, other areas. I think Matt Nagy is the person who's going to be more willing, I guess, to do things he's uh, uncomfortable with or historically not exactly adept at doing. Uh, Whereas Vic Fangio, I think, is very grounded in his ways, which for some things can be good. I think in this case, it's not going to work out. I think the Bears will be able to put enough points up to where Fangio is going to have to try to break his style. And I'm just not sure he's going to be able to do that effectively, especially against a Chicago defense, whether or not they're in the high altitude of Mile High Stadium. So matchups here go four to one in favor of Chicago. Uh, This is one that the talent obviously goes in Chicago's favor. It's just whether or not they can execute at this point. I mean, the talent was in favor of Chicago for week one. I'm talking about week one, even though I promised we wouldn't do that. But... This is one that favors Chicago matchup-wise. Their talent lines up really well. Now it comes down to execution, which is something that we really struggled against with Green Bay. However, 4-1 to one matchup favor for Chicago. I'll catch up with you next week when we're talking about uh, Week 3 matchups, and hopefully we have a 1-1 record and go 1-0 oh in Week 2 against the Denver Broncos. But until next time, my friends, enjoy the game Sunday, and bear down, Chicago.